Hi, I'm Liz Graveline. As a doctor of physical therapy, I spent my early 20s refining my intervention skills on treating joint pain, stiffness, and weakness. Now in my early 30s, as a working mom of two toddlers, it wasn't long ago that I had to rebuild my level of fitness from the ground up. On this show, morning routines, posture, joint health, and life longevity are all topics we'll break down for you into digestible bits of information to quickly implement in your day-to-day life. Regardless of whether you are the experienced or novice exerciser, this is a place you can receive actionable steps and strategies to reach you closer and closer to your fitness goals without judgment or the external pressures. Bringing back the fun and excitement into an active lifestyle so that it's tied into how you feel versus what you look like is what we'll discuss here. So settle in and get ready to be cheered on while you learn. This is the Exercise Proper Podcast. I first want to give a shout out to those of you who have been tuning in every week. Thank you so much. And if you haven't already, take my fitness quiz to receive your results on what type of at-home workout is right for you. The link is in the show notes. Also, please leave a review or share this episode with a friend who may find value from the information in this episode. I really appreciate you taking the time to leave a review. It means so much. Thank you. As a quick disclaimer, the information in this episode is for informational purposes only. No material in this episode is intended to substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have any questions regarding your heart health, please speak with your primary care doctor. Do not delay seeking medical advice because of the information you've received in this episode. Now back to the show. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about some commonly asked questions surrounding fitness and exercise. Okay, so here's the first question that I receive from the majority of my patients. What time of day is best to exercise? While the research is most developed around the benefits of exercise in the morning versus afternoon and night, there are also pros to exercising during later parts of the day. Anthony Hackney, an exercise science professor at the University of North Carolina, describes that your hormonal composition is best suited for burning fat sores in the morning, making working out in the morning most ideal for losing weight. While others say a workout during lunchtime can help avoid an afternoon lull during your workday and actually boost performance. There have also been arguments against exercising in the evening due to potential difficulty with falling asleep and loss of quality of sleep. However, Hackney says that as long as you're not going to bed immediately after your workouts, then exercising at night doesn't interfere with your quality of sleep at all. Actually, choosing to participate in yoga at night may even enhance your quality of sleep. If you'd like to clarify what time of day to work out, I would recommend exercising in the morning. However, ultimately, if it comes down to whether you're going to exercise or not exercise, the time of day doesn't matter. Just get it in whenever you can. Plain and simple. My schedule is always changing with the exception of my work days. So in that case, on Mondays and Wednesdays after my 13-hour shift, because the kids are sleeping, At 8.30 p.m., I am going to work out. I'm not needed at the house, and I am slow to get started in the morning after a long shift like this. So Monday and Wednesdays at 8.30 p.m. are the only times during my week that no matter what, I can get there, and I have no excuses for why I can't. 
The second question is, do I need a warm-up prior to exercise? 1,000 times yes. I recommend your entire warm-up be no less than 10 minutes. Within the first five minutes, your warm-up should be a light jog, brisk walk, jump rope, really any form of movement that brings your heart rate up and brings some warmth to your muscles. Then the next five minutes should consist of a dynamic stretching program. And if you're not sure what the definition of a dynamic stretching program is, it's just a short list of exercises that prime and lengthen the muscles in your body, including your chest, lats, quads, hamstrings, calf muscles. These exercises don't involve holding a stretch for a specific length of time, and that's what makes dynamic. For example, one dynamic stretch for the hamstring may be to swing your leg up and down 20 times on each side. If you'd like to have a greater understanding on what a dynamic stretching routine is, you can listen to episode 16 titled Flexibility Techniques Everyone Needs to Activate Muscle Relaxation and Improve Performance. You can also DM me the word stretch on Instagram at Liz underscore Graveline. That's G-R-A-V-E-L-I-N-E. And I'll send you a 10-minute instructional instructional video on my go-to dynamic stretching routine that I use before all of my workouts. Now for the third and fourth question, how long should my workouts be and at what intensity? So the CDC recommends that you incorporate moderate intensity aerobic activity 150 minutes per week, which is 30-minute workouts five days per week or you have the option of incorporating vigorous intensity aerobic activity 75 minutes per week, which is 15 minute workouts five days a week. Aerobic activity is basically what you would call cardio exercise. And here's what is considered moderate intensity cardio. We're talking about brisk walking, water aerobics, biking, doubles tennis, and gardening. Vigorous intensity cardio would be running, swimming, singles tennis, Zumba, jumping rope, and hiking. The type of activity isn't necessarily the true focus. You also want to pay attention to your heart rate a little bit. So for a moderate intensity exercise, you want your heart rate sustained at about 70% of your max heart rate. And your max heart rate is really easy to find out. You just subtract your age from 220. For example, I'm 33, so my max heart rate is 220 minus 33, which is 187. Then I want to multiply 187 times 0.70, which equals 130.9. So if you wear an Apple Watch or any device that measures your heart rate, it's useful while you're exercising to check your heart rate every now and again to make sure you are challenging your cardiovascular system. The benefits of exercise are not only limited to improving muscle strength and burning calories. Exercise is meant to improve the efficiency of oxygen delivery to your muscles and organs. And I'm not just trying to describe the definition of cardiovascular health, but I'm thinking if you understand the laundry list of reasons behind why exercise benefits you, then that will give you the motivation to exercise for reasons more than just to burn calories, lose weight, or because your doctor told you you have to and you know you have to. Sometimes having a little education behind why you exercise is all the motivation you need to start exercising or just to keep going. So stay with me. This is really good stuff. And maybe 
Yeah. Is it nerdy? Yeah. But for anything you do in life, whether it's on a daily or weekly basis, you should have a damn good reason for why you do what you do. The why behind what you do is what keeps all of us going. Okay, so here we go. Does cardio make you sweat and burn calories? Yes, of course. But my point to make here today is your participation in a daily or weekly cardio routine for months and months, years and years, will have a tremendous impact on your cardiovascular strength. Okay, what is cardiovascular strength? What does it mean? Cardio means heart. Vascular is a definition for arteries and veins. Arteries carry blood from your heart to your muscles and organs. Veins return blood from your muscles and organs back to your heart. Your heart beats on average 100,000 times per day. Your heart is a muscle. It contracts and relaxes just like any other muscle in your body. And to pump blood through your arteries and veins from your chest all the way to the tips of your fingers and toes, your heart has to do some tough work. We're talking about the effort that's required to pump blood across miles and miles of vasculature between your heart and the tips of your toes. So imagine for a minute, the heart is a water pump and the arteries and veins are a never-ending loop made by a garden hose. The artery hose carries water from the water pump to your muscles and the vein hose returns the used water back to the water pump. Today, imagine you are holding your heart in your hands. And today, the muscles in your hands will be pumping the water in and out. Your heart beats on average 100,000 times per day. So the muscles in your hands are going to squeeze the water from this pump in and out 100,000 times today. And you would expect that you would be tired, right? that by the end of today, your hands will feel slower with less strength. But wait a minute, what if we change this scenario? What if we added mud to this garden hose, causing an increase in water pressure? Would that change how much effort is required for your hands to squeeze this pump? Yes, right? By the 100,000th 100, time, you pumped the water out of this garden hose, what would your hands feel like? I would imagine the muscles in your hands will probably have spasm by now and cramp due to extreme fatigue. The same goes for our cardiovascular system. The output of blood every time your heart contracts will decrease because of the strength of each contraction will decrease due to extreme fatigue. And this is what happens after a long-standing history of high blood pressure. With high blood pressure, your heart has to work extra hard to push against the increase in pressure caused by the fatty plaques and narrowing of arteries, excess blood volume, and faulty valves, all of which occurs as we age. We don't want our heart to have to work this hard. We don't want clogged arteries that look like muddy garden hoses. We don't want to take on extra fluid. We don't want high blood pressure. We want the oxygen that's carried in our blood to reach every muscle cell, every skin cell, nerve cell, every stomach, liver, and kidney cell. We need oxygen to keep our tissues alive, to keep our organs functioning at a high level. And without 
an efficient cardiovascular system, the rest of our body systems, including our immune system, GI system, reproductive systems, just to name a few, will not function at a high level either. That's why sometimes as your parents age, they may begin to notice lack of sleep, feeling tired, loss of feeling in their toes, loss of hair on their legs, higher incidence of illness, swelling in their feet because their cardiovascular system isn't strong. It's not the only reason, but a weak cardiovascular system is a considerable contributor. High blood pressure and lack of exercise are two main causes of a weak cardiovascular system. And when you have chronic high blood pressure, oxygen in the blood is unable to reach the end of this loop because of poor contractility of your heart pump, vascular resistance, and your faulty valves. Just like any other system within your home, your business, your cardiovascular systems too need to be optimized in order to run smoothly for years and years. We need a high-functioning cardiovascular system so that the rest of our body systems perform at a high level. Okay, so I'll get off my soapbox for now. I'm just hoping after the last 10 minutes or so, you guys have a general idea of why cardio exercise is so important for every system in your body. That you're not only exercising to look a certain way, you're exercising to feel good. I mean, that's the whole reason why you feel better when you exercise on a regular basis because you're strengthening your cardiovascular system, which also improves the function of all your other body systems. This is why cardio exercise has so many benefits, including more energy, it gives you better mood, improved sleep, decreased muscle and joint pain, improved metabolism, weight loss, stronger immune system, reduced risk of heart disease reduced risk of high blood pressure and diabetes and strokes and even certain types of cancer. I mean, the list goes on and on. So I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. If you receive some insight and tangible strategies you can use, please subscribe to the Exercise Proper Podcast. Just click the plus button at the top of the Exercise Proper Podcast show page on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to leave a review when you scroll to the bottom. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time, guys.